You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday morning, so it's time for a review of the weekend papers, both locally and internationally, with Katie Katapodis of Nala Media. Katie, I have to say that I'm still coming down from the sporting extravaganza that was Sunday afternoon for me yesterday. And um, yeah, I have to say that that was probably the big story of the weekend for me. What did you see? Absolutely right. I I can't lie. I spent the better part of Sunday watching the tennis yesterday, so I completely agree. In between, I did read some of the papers, Lindsay. Um, Lots and lots happening. And of course, you know, the whole whole issue with the public protector, uh, Pravin Gordon, and whether or not there was or there wasn't a rogue SARS unit continues to make headlines. We saw two big newspapers actually leading with that. Um, And it was so interesting because the Sunday Times decided to take a bit of an unusual turn in terms of the way they scripted their headlines. And they essentially said an unemployed Rastafarian is the um, public protector's key witness. And of course, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. I don't have the exact headline in front of me. But they're basing their story on the fact that Bushisiwem Kwebani, the public protector in South Africa, has based, according to the Sunday Times, much of her report on evidence, and I use that word loosely, from a man who used to work at SARS and who actually doesn't know much or anything about the so-called SARS rogue unit, and when contacted by the Sunday Times said, oh, I think the public protector is confused. Mm, Do you think this is uh, loose reporting from the Sunday Times, or do you think this genuinely exposes the accusations as flimsy at best? I don't think it's loose reporting. I don't want to go that far because I'm not sure. Um, I think this needs to be tested in the court of law now. This is the point that we're at. Pravin Gordon is going to take it. He's challenging this. He's taking it on review and challenging it in a court process. And I think that's where the details will come out. The EFF yesterday afternoon issued a very strongly worded statement saying they completely reject the Sunday Times story because it's not just the evidence of of one man, but actually a whole lot of um, reports and a lot of evidence that the public protector has put together which led her to the conclusion that there was indeed a rogue SARS unit. Interesting. This week, of course, is going to be highly charged politically uh, because of Mr Zuma's appearance at the Zonda Commission. That's going to be absolutely fascinating. Well, that's, that's the big story of today. All eyes are on this Zonda Commission, uh, the State Capture Commission, where former President Jacob Zuma is either going to sing like a bird, say nothing at all, or just stir a whole lot more. Uh, did you see what he did on Twitter last night, Lindsay? I saw one of his tweets over the weekend where he was dancing away doing something, but I didn't see the last the last one because I was caught up well, in so much sport. What did he say? No, that was it. That, that was it. It was a video of him dancing and laughing away as he sang, Zuma must fall, Zuma must fall, obviously mockingly to those who said that he would fall. Um, but it's quite something. So he's certainly going into the, the Zonda Commission of Inquiry into State Capture, feeling, I would imagine, quite emboldened if that tweet is anything to go by. Yes, indeed. And his attorney, Daniel Mancha, says the following. He would not say what Zuma will do when he goes to the witness stand. All I can confirm is that he'll be there. But the the view is, I think, that he's going to... Um, He's going to accuse a few people of, of wrongdoings and try and deflect the attention away from himself. Yeah, I, I get a sense that he's certainly going to try to protect himself as much as he can, but he has been named several, several times um, in the year-long proceedings so far. So I'm fascinated. Um, I'm, you know, I'm hoping to get, <laughs> to get time today to watch it. Um, maybe I should just, just 
pull a sickie and uh, and cancel all of my meetings and just watch the State Capture Commission of Inquiry. Yeah, like people used to do with their, another famous case, uh, a murder case from uh, a few years ago. But, um, Katie, I know you're far too professional to do that. Someone who isn't so professional and which has received great attention over the weekend is, is, is Donald J. Trump because of his racism. His racist oh, tweets. The, and this this was really probably two of the, the worst tweets he's ever sent out. He told four, he told four congresswomen that they should go back to where they came from. Now, three of them come from the United States of America, so he obviously got his facts wrong. One came to the United States when she was six years old, I think. But he talked in. He, in racist terms. It's as simple as that. There's no way you can dress it up any other way. It's absolutely disgusting why they haven't impeached this man. If this is not enough to impeach him, this racism, this xenophobia, um, the, the misogynistic behavior, it is just unbelievable that he has done this to these four women. As you say, two of whom are American citizens and the other two have been naturalized. So, so what's his problem, one would ask? What's his bloody problem? Yeah, indeed. And the other story that's linked to Mr. Trump is the UK ambassador who resigned his job last week. But there's more leaks came came out of the Daily Mail this weekend. And he, he the UK ambassador essentially said that the reason that the Iran nuclear deal got scuppered by the United States was not because it was a particularly bad deal, but it was just because it was formulated and initiated by Obama, whom... Trump detests, loathes, and despises. Well, I think that's, that's become very, very clear now. Uh, no, the man, you know, Lindsay, you and I have said this uh, constantly. The, the, the man has lost the plot on many levels. How he still has support, I don't know. But, uh, but he does in some sectors. And for me, the big question now remains is, is impeachment a possibility or a, or a potential reality or not? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. The, the camp is split. He seems to have a 94% yeah. approval rating amongst the Republican Party, which is absolutely astonishing. But this is dividing a nation. Katie, anything else in the South African papers? Yes, there was something that I think was a really interesting slash somewhat sleazy story. Front page of Report newspaper, the Afrikaans uh, newspaper, about rugby, the late rugby legend James Small. Yes, I saw Now, that. James Small died ever so suddenly this week, or this last week, apologies, at the age of 50. And the report newspaper reporting that um, he was found naked in a brothel. He was found naked in a brothel. And in fact, uh, lots of details coming through to say two very, very panic-stricken people rushed him naked to a nearby clinic where they tried to get some intervention and some help for him. What's interested me a lot about the story is the reaction to that report story about James Small. With a very well-known personality, radio personality, um, here taking to social media to say it's disgusting what journalists have done, and it's scraping the bottom of the barrel, and uh, they should have respected James Small's uh, privacy, and they should have had more respect for family, friends, etc. But you know, Lindsay, I also saw a tweet that made me really think, because it was for me the cherry on top. It said, if you don't want the media to report that you died in a brothel, don't die in a brothel. Yeah, you've got to report the facts. There's a classic case where a, a TV chef called Anthony Bourdain, he died this year, in fact, uh, uh, tragically, but it was, it, it was because of a, a particularly lewd act that he was performing on himself, and it went a little bit too far. But everything was hushed up. I wanted to know, I mean, the rumours were that this is what happened. I don't have the facts, and the facts have never been reported. But I think it is the duty of... 
of, of, of journalists to report, especially when these people are in the public eye or have been in the public eye. I mean, James Small was part of South Africa's DNA after the 1995 World Cup final. Mm, I think that's very true, you know, and, and the, the public interest argument is a real one, actually, with the case, uh, you know, with somebody like uh, the late James Small. It is a real argument, as it was with Anthony Bourdain. By the way, I had no idea about those details. Um, yeah, uh, but this is the, the rumour anyway. The yes, the public interest argument is a real one. Katie, thank you very much for your time this morning. Good luck with your meeting in Midrand. And if you are going to pull a, <laughs> if you are going to pull a sickie, as you so quaintly put it, enjoy the Zondo Commission and we'll speak again next week. That's Katie Katapodis <laughs> from Nala Media. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.